Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. I am Antonio, and this is episode 80 for August 31st, 2018. Episode 80. I've done 80 of these things. I, can't, I don't think I've done 80 of anything, except maybe drink coffees or or something like that. 80 things. Uh, that's a, I don't know. That's kind of an achievement. I think it's worth, uh, worth noting on this episode, episode 80. Wow. Wow. But yeah, it's the, uh, end of August, 2018. And that means the end of the summer, which means we're getting into fall and, uh, that's fine with me. I like the fall. I like the light in the fall. You know, summer is a little harsh, you know, um, also I'm able to start to get up at a time in the morning where I'm able to start to photograph the sunrise again. Uh, you know, the summer where we are, the sun rises way too early in the summer. I, I mean, I really, I'm not getting up at like 4.30 or whatever time it, whatever time the sunrise comes up to photograph. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. <laughs> you know? Even the, but the summer, the summer sunrises, I don't think are as dramatic in my neck of the woods as they are in the fall and the spring and winter too. I and mean, we get some really nice sunrises in the winter. And uh, it's just a little easier to get up in the morning and, uh, you know, um, photograph them, you know, when it's like at six in the morning or something like that. I've actually been getting up at six. I set my alarm a little bit earlier than usually, usually about 6.15, but I've been getting up at six. And I, you know, I got a few sunrises. Basically, it's a lot of haze in the sky and there's a big orange ball, but, you know, I got a few good shots. I put that uh, Nikon, uh, 300 millimeter onto my Fuji camera. And it really just does a job to like bring everything close to get, you know, really close to the, you know, the, the sun ball is large or large ish. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's only a 300. Um, but it's, it's not bad, you know, and I don't have to buy a new lens, but anyway, uh, so yeah, fall's coming in and I like the light, uh, because the light gets a little bit lower and the shadows get longer. And so, uh, it makes it a little bit more fun for photography, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, it does mean that the days are getting shorter and uh, blah, blah, blah. You don't need me to remind you of all that stuff because it's, you know, school's coming. There you go. Everybody's <laughs> listening to this. has got to go to school. I'm so glad I don't have to go to school. But uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, thanks for, for staying with me for so long. 80 episodes is a lot. Uh, I don't uh, have a cake or a champagne to open <laughs> right now. And I actually did have a plan for tonight's episode that got a little bit um, changed. Uh, my initial intention was to have my friend Gene Mealy on the show. And I wanted to talk uh, with him about the role that luck plays in photography and uh, the conversation, I was going to record it this afternoon, but uh, it got a little bit, uh, I get postponed because uh, yesterday my uh, Fuji X-T20 decided to just die on me for some reason. I don't know. In fact, I did get up early to photograph the sunrise. It was a ball in the sky. Actually, it wasn't a ball in the sky. It was just kind of hazy clouds and the sun was rising, but there was, uh, there was no sun ball. I could just see some of the clouds. So I took a couple of shots with the X-T20. I fired up fine, took just literally two pictures because it didn't look that interesting, shut it down, and then on my way to uh, go to have coffee, I, I bring that camera with me because uh, I figured I, I'd like to take some 
you know, I always carry a camera with me, but I, I usually carry my X100T with me. But usually when I go to the coffee shop these days, I've been carrying the uh, X-T20 uh, with my lovely, wonderful 7 Artisans 25mm lens. Now, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little geeky and geary here, but, uh, you know, it's part of the story. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. And I, I usually like take pictures of, I don't know, you know, uh, I was talking on a uh, uh, shutter time the other day. We were talking about uh, projects, and I've, I've been trying to photograph uh, discarded uh, furniture on the streets of Brooklyn. And that 20 millimeter lens, uh, sorry, 25 millimeter lens from the Seven Artisans, uh, it just uh, speaks to me, and it, it looks good for for the kind of stuff I'm photographing on the street. You know, discarded furniture, or, or actually any kind of still life and, and whatnot. Anyway, so I had that lens on with me, and as I was walking to the coffee shop, I thought I saw a couple of things I wanted to shoot, and the camera wouldn't turn on, and I was like, hmm, okay, uh, maybe it's the battery. And so I just I just ignored the stuff I wanted to shoot, and I went to the coffee shop and hung out there for a while, and had my breakfast and on the way back I thought okay I want to grab a couple more shots and uh, I switched the batteries and it wouldn't fire up and I had three batteries on me I mean two two on me and one in the camera and so I swapped out all three batteries and nothing was working and I was like hmm okay my first thought was those batteries all three of them were dead uh, it's unusual for me to carry three dead batteries but uh, I was like okay well maybe you know and by the time I got home I pulled out a uh, charge battery then it was charged and I plugged it in and nothing the camera was kaput and I'm really kind of angry and disappointed and sad about that because I, I was like oh man I got this is yesterday by the way and I've got to realize that I got to take the camera in I mean there's nothing I can do I, I was flipping switches I was plugging in the USB to see if it would charge actually it did charge uh, you can you can plug in the um, XT20 into a USB connector and it will charge the battery inside the camera. So I did see the charge come on. So that was something. At least there was something going on inside. But nothing was happening. And and today, I need that camera actually for a shoot in a couple of weeks. So I I realized realized I had to take it in to get uh, repaired. I mean I don't know what's wrong with it. And so today, uh, which is today's I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 29th, but this is the show for the 31st. So you're going to be here this a couple days later. But anyway, uh, today on Tuesday, I had a street photography class. And what I thought I might do is take the camera in before the class and then come back into Brooklyn from the city, having dropped off the camera. Uh, and then um, I was going to record the podcast with Gene uh, in the afternoon, but I also then realized that running in in the morning and trying to get back uh, in time for my class is just kind of asking for trouble. You know, if the train stalls or something like that. Plus, it means getting up really early and then carrying everything in the city. And so I nixed that idea and um, decided to, I was gonna I was gonna record the podcast with Gene this afternoon at like four o'clock and realized I'd be in the city uh, at that time. Um, dropping off my camera. So I, I postponed that talk. But anyway, uh, I'm probably going to try to have him on for the middle of September uh, if his schedule is uh, allowing it. And I, I thought I wanted to talk about this uh, this idea of how luck and maybe luck and chance plays in photography. And I was having a little bit of a debate with somebody about this. And uh, part of me is like, I don't really believe in luck. But you know, I started to think about this after I was debating um, 
about this with somebody and I, you know, I think I might've gone a little too fast in, in dealing with my disbelief of luck. Um, I, you know, I want to talk this out with Gene. So I'm just giving you sort of a heads up that this is going to come on. And if anybody's got any suggestions or questions, you know, drop me a line at, uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? Um, geez, my, my, my switch to manual email is, uh, I haven't set that up yet because I actually moved servers. So, you know, you can drop me a line on Twitter. So at uh, switch to manual or at AM Rosario, just drop me a line if you have any questions or you want to throw in some suggestions for what me and Gene can talk about in relationship to luck in photography. So, uh, but think about that. That might be, uh, it's certainly going to come up in the next month, the next couple of episodes, one of the two. So, uh, We'll see about that. But anyway, I, I wish it could have been today, uh, and it's not. So it's ten, I'm recording this by myself tonight. I didn't have a subject, so it's kind of a last minute. So I figured it'd be a mishmash of stuff to talk about. I'm pretty sure I can talk to you guys for a long time, and you guys don't mind having me in your head for a while. So anyway, the I, I dropped off the um, my X-T20 today at a place called Phototech. They actually are right near B&H Photo in the city. And I, you know, I gave it to the guy and he was checking it out and uh, he was saying, is it under warranty? And I was like, geez, I don't know. And I realized I can't remember. I bought it, you know, at the end of 2017, I wanted to squeeze in before my taxes and I checked Amazon and luckily enough, I did purchase it actually in the December 31st. So I was able to print out the receipt and he was like, yeah, you're under warranty. So it is getting sent to Fuji. Uh, I don't, uh, think, I think it's all going to be covered, whatever is wrong with it, I hope. Uh, the, the guy said there didn't seem to be any damage to it, so it wouldn't be like an extra cost or anything. But uh, I'm going to miss that camera. It's a nice, It's a the, the Fuji X20 is a nice camera. I have instead as a backup my, of course, I have my X100T, which I use my street photography, but I also have an X-T10. So essentially the same camera, less megapixels, a little less features for video and um, ISO uh, things, but otherwise pretty pretty good camera, pretty same thing. So anyway, uh, I went to my uh, street photography class today, which is really weird. It was a very strange schedule to have uh, a street photography class scheduled on the middle on a Tuesday in the middle of the day at a library in Brooklyn. Now the library is not a problem. It's a really cool old uh, Art Deco library. Uh, at the edge of Prospect Park. It's the main library of Brooklyn. The big, uh, it's like the version of, Brooklyn's version of the one in Manhattan with the, the lions on it. This is Brooklyn's version. But it's old, it's Art Deco style, it's beautiful building. And we're having the class there. It just, it was a very odd time to have it. And today was one of the, I think it was one of the hottest days of the summer so far. It was about 90, between 95 and 97 degrees, depending where you are with a feeling up to, uh, past 100 and so uh, I got decked out in obviously in shorts and I have a you know one of the things I like to make sure is I'm hydrated so I bought uh, a while back I bought a camelback um, hydration pack like a backpack with a, a water pouch in it and a, and a you know like sort of a tube straw uh, a lot of you probably know what that I'm talking about but I got one actually I got one a while back for when I was on a on a, on a shoot in the summer and I just needed to carry a couple of liters of water with me. And it's like, well, you know what? I'll just buy one of these things, throw my back, fill it full of ice, which also keeps my back warm. Anyway, I filled it up with water today, figuring when I go out in the street photography class, I want to make sure I'm hydrated. Uh, you know, I, 
make sure I got good shoes on because walking around in this in this weather and this heat, you know, you want to be as comfortable as possible. It was really nasty. Anyway, I get to the I get to the library. I find out there's only two students signed up. I hear one of them canceled, so I got one student right. They're supposed to show up, and then they're going to say some of the library staff are going to come and maybe join the class. I get there, I set everything up. Actually, the library is it's a great library. The people there are really helpful. The room that I was in was great. Um, I might post some pictures in the show notes about what the room looked like. Beautiful. But there was one person supposed to show up, and I was hoping that you know that person would show up and then some of the library staff. Well, guess what? That one person did not show up. <laughs> I had the whole room to myself. And uh, according to uh, the, the people who were hiring me to, to do this class, I needed to wait about a half an hour to 40 minutes, which was kind of like a waste of time. But... Uh, you know, I did, and I ended up uh, putting out in the world what I was doing, and I got a, um, I got a challenge from uh, uh, Dave Swiduck. You know, he was on, uh, he was on this show a while back, and uh, he said, "Well, you, you know, you're just sitting there. Grab your camera and find five interesting things in the room to take pictures of." And so while I was waiting, you know, I had to kill a half an hour while I was waiting for a student who never showed up. I just walked around with my camera in this room and see what I could photograph in, you know, five or six or seven things. I just tried to find interesting subjects. I turned the lights off in the room and was shooting in black and white at a high ISO and just looking for little things. And uh, I'll post those pictures in the show notes. It's just interesting to see what happens when, you know, you got to kill some time and, you you know, someone challenges you <laughs> or you challenge yourself to say, hey, you know, I got my camera. I've got time. I'm in this space. Can I do something? You know, and I actually found a the time went by pretty fast because I was looking around, you know, uh, occupying myself trying to take pictures, and I was actually kind of surprised at what I got. I got a I got a few fun pictures, you know, and I mean they're not portfolio shots or anything like that, but they're um, they, they got some little praise on you know I posted them on Twitter and uh, I got a few people saying hey that was really great you know I uh, wasn't doing it for the for the accolades, but it's just an interesting thing if you find yourself in some spot. And you have your camera. Always have your camera with you, by the way. Always carry that camera with you. You know, uh, see what you can do. Challenge yourself to um, do a little series of pictures, you know. And, uh, you know, speaking of series, uh, last week, uh, for those of you who, I'm sure a lot of you who listen to this show also listen to Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. But if you don't, Go over to Shutter Time and Sid and Mac and, and subscribe to their podcast. They're, first of all, they're my uh, Canadian cousins from another mother or whatever <laughs> Sid likes to say. Uh, I've become very good friends with them, and we do a lot of uh, cross-podcasting, promoting. We're not quite a network yet uh, or at all, but you know we like to help each other out. And um, Sid and Mac are actually Sid. Sid has not been on my show here, but Mac has been a few times, and I've been on their show a bunch of times. Anyway, uh, for uh, the last episode and for the next few episodes, I think, I'll be filling in for Sid, and uh, she's on a little hiatus, and so it was me and Mac, and we just decided to talk about, uh, uh, we talked about a photographer named Dwayne Michaels, which led us into a discussion about um, projects and series in pictures. And I wanted to just, uh, first of all, go listen to that episode. It was a lot of fun talking to him. And it was a lot of fun diving into Dwayne Michaels' work a little bit. Uh, I won't go into, you know, I won't repeat what we talked about too much. Just go, go listen to that show. Um, I, I can't remember what episode. I think it's episode 209, if I may, I think. 
But I wanted to sort of, uh, you know, if you go and listen to that show, if you listened to it already, I want to talk a little bit about sequences and, and, and uh, series, which I don't think I talked about on the show. But uh, I think the difference is, what the first of all, the difference that I know is, is that a project is something that you're going to work on for a long period of time. So you decide you're going to photograph, you know, discarded furniture, <laughs> which is what I'm doing. And, and then you, you keep that in your mind and you go off and, 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 and you photograph when you see these things. You carry your camera around with you and, you know, you may go out in a day specifically looking for the thing to photograph. Or you just have it in your mind when you're walking around and you say, oh, there's a, there's a piece of furniture and I think that might make a good part for my series. And then you take a picture of it and you add that to the series. And, and then we were also talking about sequences, which is a lot of what Dwayne Michaels photography is. It's a, often like a sequence of pictures that sort of tells one story. And I just wanted to sort of throw in this uh, in addition to the, to the podcast that I did with, with Mac is that they're, they're different. A series and a, a series of pictures and a, and a, and a project I think can be different, but I think in a project you can have a series of pictures. So if you wanted to do, uh, you know, if you were doing discarded furniture and you wanted to, you had one piece of furniture that you wanted to really dive into, uh, figuratively, well, maybe literally in terms of whatever, you don't want to sit on the discarded furniture, you know, bed bugs and stuff, but you might want to uh, explore that piece of furniture somewhat differently than you did with the other ones, and you might take a series of pictures of that one piece. So you might take a shot of the leg, or you might take a shot of the cushion, one another shot of a rip part of the cushion. Uh, you know, you might do like a series of four or five pictures. Now that would be a series that can then be part of the project. You know, a series I think would be a bunch of pictures that are sort of related to themselves and maybe tell one story or, or maybe even create a, a larger picture. And I mean that, I mean that figuratively, you have a, uh, a bunch of little pieces that sort of add up to some story about what you're photographing. So I think you can, and, and a project could also be a, a whole series of series pictures, right? So perhaps your series, your, sorry, your project of discarded furniture contains, you know, multiple series of pictures in it. And that's part of the project, right? So I wanted to make that distinction. I don't know if we made that on, on shutter time, but to me, it's a it's two different things. One can be part of the other, and vice versa. I think you can have a um, projects that are well. I, there's no real vice versa. Projects can contain a series of pic, a series of pictures that are series themselves, you know. But a series can also stand on its own. It doesn't necessarily have to be part of a project. So if you look at Dwayne Michael's work, he's got a lot of series of pictures that just tell a little story, you know, uh, a, a, a chance encounter of two people in a, in an alleyway and they just walk by each other. And that's the, that's the, the series and that's the whole story. And that's, you know, it's not, part, maybe it's not part of anything else. I don't know. I haven't looked at that specific picture, but that's his, his work. And even like, you know, uh, a Dwayne Michael show might have a whole bunch of these series and their connection would be obviously him who photographed them and that they're also series, but there may not be any connection between the, 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 the groups of series, you know, so it was a chance encounter on a street or a, uh, you know, um, uh, an illustration of a, 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 some, a, someone's soul leaving their body. You know, those two things may not have anything to do together. Um, but the fact that they're series. Anyway, I don't want to go. I'm going on and on and on about this. But listen to that episode. is really interesting. 
I'm enjoying uh, filling in for Sid. I can barely fill her shoes, you know, it's, uh, but I'm, I'm very honored to be on that show. And uh, I'll be recording another one tomorrow night, Wednesday, with uh, Mac. And you just have to tune in and hear what we talk about. I'm not going to give anything away. Um, and uh, I'll probably be doing this for about a month. So, uh, you know, listen, subscribe to Shutter Time. Uh, great show. I uh, love being part of them. I love knowing those guys. And uh, it's, a, it's a real honor to be able to be on the show. So, and there we go. We got our ambulance. It wouldn't be my show if I didn't have an ambulance <laughs> going around. So, uh, let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Yeah, I'm just going to go through uh, a bunch of stuff because it's wrapping up the summer. So, I get to talk about whatever I want. <laughs> uh, oh, so... I've been getting some really good feedback about the episode that I did, uh, I guess it was a couple episodes ago, uh, episode 78, uh, when I just did a walk through Greenwood Cemetery. And I called it, you know, a uh, walk through the, what did I call it? Because <laughs> I named it after that Le- bad Liam Neeson movie. Oh, it's obviously a walk th- among the tombstones. Anyway, I've been getting a lot of good feedback about that, about how it was almost like, uh, I was giving a, a you know a, a private lesson uh, in in things because I was basically just talking off of my you know top of my mind as I'm walking around photographing, and uh, really thank you for the feedback whoever I'm, I'm I can't remember everybody's name who gave me feedback but thank you all for that and I really appreciate it please please keep sending me feedback uh, on Twitter right now is probably the best place like I said uh, until I get my emails up and running but Twitter is great because then it's like a public thing I get to share it with everybody. So uh, anyway, yeah, people are liking that kind of inner dialogue. And you know what? I actually kind of like walking around talking to myself. (laughs) You know what? Like once I get started, I can't stop, you know. And so, you know, things come to my mind and uh, it's kind of great to share it with you. And for me, that experience is interesting because I knew I was recording it to to play to you guys on, on this show. And so I really didn't feel like I was talking to myself. I really did feel like I was talking to you. It's different than what I'm doing now because this is, seems very deliberate and I'm in, you know, in my studio, well, my, you know, my office and I'm looking at my computer, reading my notes and this is, you know, but there I'm just sort of wandering around and as things popped in my mind, you know, I was, I was talking to you guys about it and I, I actually kind of enjoyed doing that. So I, I plan to do more of that as I find different locations and stuff to shoot. And, you know, maybe a hit, it may be a miss. I don't know, you know, but I think you guys are listening to me because you like that, you know, you're getting sort of my take on photography and I'm, I'm giving it to you as intimately as I can. And I'm trying to be more and more intimate about it. My more, my more about my experience. Cause I think that's how you guys can resonate with what I'm talking about. And I think from that you can then learn all sorts of new things. So, you know, rather than, you know, uh, I'm going down a side note here, but that's the kind of show I like to produce, right? This is really me talking to you guys. If you were in the room and you were willing to listen to me, <laughs> this is this is probably how I talk to you guys, you know, uh, over a coffee or a beer or, you know, a piece of cake or whatever our, our, our choice of uh, – snacks are you know wherever we are i could probably talk to you guys i could probably put you guys to sleep i think i hope not no i don't i don't think so but uh this it's just the kind of way i like to communicate i like i like talking to people about the stuff that i'm doing 
And I sort of like to free think out loud. And so this has really given me an opportunity to do that. So expect more episodes in the future uh, similar to a walk through tombstones. I, I do want to do it in different locations. Um, you know, again, it's it's all dependent on when I'm able to go and actually find some place to f- shoot and spend time, you know, plugged into a microphone. Uh, so um, if anybody's got any suggestions for topics or, or things for me to think about while I'm shooting and to talk to you guys out, again, hit me up in, on, on Twitter uh, with some suggestions. I'm happy to, I, you know, the more feedback I get from you guys and the more ideas I can get, I think I can just turn this into even a better, better show. So uh, please send in, in, in that kind of stuff for me. Um, so, okay, I'm walking through tombstones. I'm, I'm looking through my list of things here. <laughs> Uh, talked about the class, talked about the shutter time. Uh, oh, so another thing is I wanted to go into, I think I was talking about this with, um, hmm, good question. I've been talking about this on other shows. I probably talked about this on, on shutter time. I might've talked about this here, but you know, I've given up IG, uh, the, you know, the, the social media network that must not be named. <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I don't want to talk about it too much, but, um, the update for me is, uh, you know what? I don't miss it all that much, although I am, hmm, let me thinking about, if I need to get, if I want to get back into commercial photography or making, making some sort of living in it, I think I really need to then consider going, you know, firing up Instagram again. It might look a lot different than it does now, but I haven't really thought about going back into you know commercial photography i'm more into the you know teaching and uh and whatnot and so i we switched to manual has uh we got an instagram account uh with switch manual i don't post as often and like you've heard before i've got a uh a instagram account for my cat opie and that's actually getting very popular and what's really funny is that going on and using that that uh, my cat's social media account actually fulfills some of the sort of things that I was getting from my own Instagram account, which is like looking at the numbers and, and seeing who's, you know, who's following and whatnot. But this is all pictures of cats. (laughs) So there's like, there's nothing at stake uh, for me. And like, I don't really, I mean, yes, I care about my cat and I like the pictures I'm taking of him. And I'm getting some people giving me really good feedback about the shots. Maybe I should become a pet photographer in some way, which I wouldn't mind. Someone paying me to picture pictures of their, you know, portraits of their pets, do it my way. But um, you know, it's it is like I'll log. I won't log on every day, and, and but I do watch his his numbers go up. His uh, followers. He's something at 530 followers now. It's so funny that it's him. I'm saying him. It's actually me, but it's him. And I, I think I'm following, I don't know, probably 800. I mean, I, I pretty much follow everybody who follows me. And I'm, I'm, I, I like to follow uh, accounts that have um, pigs as pets. There's a lot of pigs there. And so <laughs> it's just, you know, because they're really cute. And anyway, so, you know, I get some of the thrills of Instagram that uh, I, I, I used to get from my own account by posting on Opie's account. So there's, there's no... Uh, I got, you know, nothing at stake for myself and I don't feel this, um, this need for uh, competition or anything like that. So that's interesting. And I just, as I'm thinking about this with you now, you know, that's the part of 
social media is the competition part and to somehow remove that out of the process, you know, to like say, I don't really have anything at stake here. I'm not, I'm not in a, in a race with anybody is a very good way to approach it. And how can you do it, uh, you know, in, in a way that's truly honest, like how can you take your own pictures, put them up there and really be not concerned about the followers and, and the likes and the stuff like that. I think, Practically, that's very hard. And I really think that anybody who's saying that they don't really care about followers, eh, you know, maybe. But somewhere in the back of your mind, like you check the, you know, they check the accounts, they look for the thumbs up and stuff like that. And so I think that's really hard to separate. If you were doing it for somebody else, maybe you might be able to move away from it because it wouldn't be your, necessarily your pictures or your account. And maybe that's a way to step outside of yourself a little bit. Anyway, I'm just thinking about this now as I'm thinking about like, you know, yes, I'm not totally, devol- you know, disinvolved from from Instagram. You know, I like playing it with my cat's account. And Switch to Manual really is kind of like a promotion account. Like I like to promote the, the brand Switch to Manual. So that's kind of like what I leave that there for. So, uh, you know, I get a little, still little thrills out of it. Uh, I never said I was dropping it completely because those two accounts are open, but I did say I was dropping it for my own pictures, my street photography. I stopped posting the street photography. That's kind of a long-winded way of saying that I've not replaced Instagram or anything else, but I've started reading more photography books. And I've talked about the uh, Irving Penn book that I picked up during uh, when he, when there was an Irving Penn show at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in the city. Now it's, I guess, a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I decided to read the whole book. So it really was sort of diving into just, you know, reading about Irving Penn, different, different essays from different um, art scholars about his different types of work. And so it was really interesting, those different voices uh, in, you know, talking about it. So it wasn't really a biography really, but there was biographical stuff going on and it really separated his work, like his portraits and his, uh, his ethnographical portraits and his still life and, and you know, whatever. And, uh, I, I read that very slowly, mainly cause it's a huge book. The thing weighs about, feels like it weighs about 15 pounds and I would only bring it to me with to breakfast cause it was one place where I could sit and read it peacefully. And I would just read maybe one chapter at a time and I really would spend time looking at the individual pictures and I really feel like I got uh, a lot of I don't want to say inspiration but just something moved me about spending that much time with one with one photographer and you know I highly recommend it and so I I decided that you know I'm going to keep going I'm going to keep reading books I've got a lot of photo books that you know basically have sat on the shelf I looked at the pictures but I never really read the text so I've, you know, started pulling books out and they'll, they'll end up going to the coffee shop with me and I can read and, you know, again, spend a little bit more time with photographers. So the next one I'm going to read, hang on, uh, is, uh, it's also not light book, right? But it's uh, Bernice Abbott, um, Changing New York, the complete WPA project, the Museum of the City of New York, right? And uh, let me see if I can read some of this. Uh, okay, okay. Well, Bernice Abbott, eighteen ninety-eight to nineteen ninety-one, is one of the century's leading photographers. Her New York City images, especially Changing New York, the Changing New York project. There we go. It's a project. 
1935 to 1939 have come to define Depression-era New York. In a landmark event, the New Press is publishing the definitive study of Abbott's WPA, WPA project. The book features over 300 duotones, more than 200 of which have never been published before. Uh, published together, excuse me. Uh, and then it goes on to a little bit. Uh, okay, so WPA stands for the Works Project Administration's um, Work Project Work. Excuse me. You know, I can learn how to speak. Works Progress Administrations. Um, this was financially supported by the Works Progress Administration's Federal Arts Project from 1935 to 39. So it sounds like she got some money to do this, and it was part of a. Um, you know, government project in some sense. So uh, the book is is broken up. Oh, how is it? There's a lot of photography in it, and there's mostly most of the um, writing is up front. Uh, so, but most of the stuff is uh, literally the book is mostly pictures. So it won't be as in depth as the uh, Irving Penn book is. But I do want to spend time with her because I always find that. Like I, I've got Bernice Abbott pictures sort of in the back of my mind a lot when I'm walking around and taking pictures of uh, New York City and Brooklyn, uh, and so this I had this on the shelf and I was like, you know, what's standing out next after, you know, Irving Penn, uh, Bernice Abbott is definitely up there. Hang on, let me put this down. Oh wait, I got the other book I want to talk about here. Hang on. Yeah, so. Uh, so I also, and I just ordered a few books from Amazon, which is always fun because I haven't done that in a while. So far, I've been only buying, buying electronic books. So I picked up, I picked up a few books based on, uh, a listener friend, new friend, uh, Ward Rosen. Uh, and he, we were on, uh, with Sid and Mac, a couple of few episodes on their show, uh, talking about, um, he was talking about books that inspire, and he had suggested uh, a couple of uh, book. One book was called "100 Ideas That Changed Photography," and it's written. You know, there's a hundred different uh, ideas. So let's see, what do they talk about here? Um, it's just like each each two pages is one idea of the, something that's changed photography. So uh, one is enlargement. One is moving pictures. One is uh, war. One is the view. Um, one is let's see the the stereoscope, right? So each each two page spread has got a different idea of what uh, um, perhaps have changed photography over time. So it's kind of nice because you can pick up the book and sort of pick any chapter you want to read and and just go into it. And you know it's one page of dialogue and a few pictures uh, illustration. So I picked that up, but also um, in addition to that, I picked up sort of a companion book called a hundred ideas that changed film. So it looks like it's in the same kind of design. Let me just take a look at this. Cause you know, I do want to talk about, you know, in the last episode I was talking with uh, Reed means we were talking about film and I think film and photography, there's a lot of crossover there. And so I will be talking more about film. In fact, I'm thinking about a pro you know, uh, an episode and probably a blog post or maybe an ongoing um, blog post and certainly an ongoing episode, uh, recurring episode thing. We're talking about different kind of framings and movies, right? So uh, consider that, you know, coming up. Because photography and film, I think, are, are intimately related. And one can certainly inspire the other. Uh, and so anyway, this book seemed really interesting because it was 
100 Ideas That Changed Film. So I'm really curious about this one. It's a little different. Uh, I haven't really read any books about film lately. But the other book I'm really excited about, hang on, is a book from Ansel Adams. And this is another one that Ward uh, suggested. And I have one of his books already called, where is it? Uh, it's just called The Camera, right? It's an old book. But this one is part of a series. He wrote three books. He wrote The Camera, The Negative, and The Print. Uh, and this is, uh, what I ended up buying was Ansel Adams' The Negative. And I wanted to read about this. This is really all about developing negatives, but I want to see how it applies to digital photography. And um, Ansel Adams was the person who uh, invented the zone system, which was a way of uh, printing, uh, photographing, using a, uh, photographing with a, photographing a black, a negative, and then printing it so that you can maximize the amount of tonal values in, um, in a shot. So, uh, you know, I don't see myself actually going out into a dark room and printing, but I'm really curious about reading about what he had to uh, say about um, doing uh, negatives and trying to get the most value out of a negative. So that is, that is on my list of things to read. So it's at least three or four books. And, uh, you know, I, I, I find that just moving away from the screen and trying to see pictures or photographs in a book and not, not glowing at me because, you know, in a book, you, the pictures are, reflected light right and that's one way to that's to me sometimes a more pleasant way to look at a photograph although you know uh prints you know are meant to be seen prints are meant to be seen with reflective light meaning you you know just like anything you put it down and the light's reflecting over it and you see it but you know um transparency slides slides were meant to be seen either projected uh which is actually one way that's also reflected light because the slide is on the wall and the light's reflecting back to your eyes but it also slides were meant to be seen in a light box which means the light was coming at your eyes and when you see slides in a light box you don't tend to forget that experience uh, for many of you maybe have not seen it but the closest experience is looking at pictures on a screen because the light is coming at you so when you see a, an image on on a screen it's it's kind of like a slide but a lot of these older photographers older the you know or original photographers first you know the earlier generation photographers their photography wasn't meant to be seen with uh transmitted light that's what what's coming through your laptop you know so we'll look at a uh an irving pen or a bernie sabbath picture on our computer and you'll see it because the light is coming at you and so you might not see some of the subtleness to uh the image that a print will actually have and a print, because if it's reflected light, there's almost less light coming at you because it depends on the room and depends what kind of lights you're looking at. But you're certainly getting a lot more light from a laptop or a computer screen coming at you. So when you look at an old-time picture, you might actually see, uh, you're not, certainly not seeing it in the way that the original photographer meant, meant the image to be seen. And you're certainly not seeing it the size that it meant to be seen. Which is This is why it's important, I think, to go to photo shows because often at a show at a gallery or at a museum, you'll see a print in the way that the artist decided that that's how they want to, you know, represented. Now, some of the Irving Penn, you know, going back to Irving Penn again, I'm sorry, I might get sick of Irving Penn, but I'm just using it as an example. Some of his pictures, the prints were huge. He had these shots of these cigarette butts that were, uh, well, you know, he photographed it on an 8 by 10 8-inch by 10-inch camera, which is, if you've ever seen one of these things, it's about the size of a chair. 
like a lounge. <laughs> These things are huge. And maybe not that big, but I mean, they're giant cameras because it has an eight by 10 piece of film in the back. And he took these little cigarette butts and he photographed them on these eight by 10 cameras. Cause the reason why he did that, cause he wanted to enlarge these prints very large. And I don't remember how large they were when I saw them on the show, but they were, they were huge. And that's part of the artist's expression is to say, this is how I, you know, it's not just the picture it's not just the subject, but it's how it's being presented and so in his case, he wanted them presented. It was important because it was part of the thing. It's like taking these little teeny tiny gross cigarette butts that were found on the street and blowing them up to something that is something you could not possibly ignore. Where, you know, if you're walking down the street, you ignore cigarette butts all the time or all sorts of garbage on the floor. But when it's blown up to something that's the size of a, you know, I don't know, like a giant screen television or you know let's say the prints are 30 inches by 40 inches or even bigger let's say you can't ignore those you get to see all the detail and stuff so that's the whole process for the photographer or the artist is that they're telling you the story and most of us these days we're taking pictures and we're not really concerned about how they're being seen because we put them up on uh you know some computer network or some social media thing and they're seen however the person who's viewing them sees them on a phone, on a laptop, on a desktop computer, you know, obviously some sort of electronic device. And, you you know, you as the artist don't have any control over how that's seen. They may not have a calibrated screen, so the colors might look a little bit different, you know. When you print, I'm, I'm not advocating, a, I mean, I like to advocate for prints, but I'm not advocating like this is what you have to do. But when, you know, an artist sits down and looks and makes a print and, and they're satisfied with it, then they understand that this is how the world is going to see this picture. You know, this red is meant to look like this. This orange is meant to look like this. This is going to, this image is meant to look at this size. And so that becomes the final statement. But most of us these days, we're taking pictures on our phones, digital cameras, whatever, and we're putting them up and, and we're not sort of following through or finishing it. You know, we think the picture is finished. Right, because oh well, we photographed it, and we put it up, and we published it on our website, or we put it on Flickr, or something like that. But is is you know, is that the end of the shot? Now it may be, right? You may have taken this great landscape of something like you know, this huge vista, and you're very happy with someone looking at it on a three-inch you know iPhone screen. That's fine, you know. And then, you know, the same, the, the next person is looking at it on a 13-inch laptop screen, and, you know, that's, you're, and you're fine with that. But, you know, consider the idea that you are not sort of locking your image into, uh, or, or, or actually ask yourself, are you locking the image into the way you want the world to see it? Is it important for it just to be seen? Or are you trying to, would you like to say something more about the picture? Would you like to print it, you know, five feet by 30 feet, a panoramic that fills up a room, you know, does that fulfill the experience that you're trying to get across when you uh, present this picture? So th these are little things to think about. And, and I'm throwing these lessons in while, I'm, like I said, it was gonna be a mishmash of stuff, but you know, I'm sort of free flowing here because it's late at night and <laughs> you got me by myself and I'm filling stuff in. But anyway, you know, these are the kind of things I like to think about, uh, and, and talk about in my own, you know, my, my, my mind, you know, so I'm glad I have the show to, uh, you know, follow this through. So anyway, 
I don't know where I was going with it. Oh, I was telling you about the books. So anyway, uh, I do want to read about this. Um, Ansel Adams negative. I want to see what he has to say about this. And I really want to see how it applies to digital photography, which I'm sure, even though he's talking about negatives and developing and, and, and whatnot, that there is a lot that will cross over into uh, what we're doing. And I, I certainly as I flipped through the book, I saw what looked like histogram style, you know, or curves. And, uh, you know, I think densitometry, Excuse me, this is um, when you used to be able to take film and use a densitometer, which would read how dense the, uh, the how much silver was on the, um, on, on the negative, you know, how much, uh, anyway, you would get these sort of little charts about stuff. And that looks very similar to a little bit of about a histogram and also like the curves in Photoshop um, physically look the same. I just want to know like if there's any correlation. There probably is a lot of correlation. Anyway, that's my books. Also, you know, you guys out there, if there are cool books that you've read uh, and then you want to share, again, hit me up on Twitter uh, at switch the number two manual, switch to manual, or at AM Rosario and let me know. I'm always into wanting to buy more books. These books I got recommended by uh, Ward Rosen, and um, I knew about the Ansel Adams book because I already have one in the series. I, I, I just forgot that it, I forgot the other ones existed. So when I saw it on Amazon, it was like, I don't know, 12 bucks. I was like, that's a no-brainer. But the other books, the the 100, 100 Ideas That Changed Film and 100 Ideas That Changed Photography, uh, those I didn't know about. So if there are books that you want to share, uh, let me know. I'm really curious. And I, I really do want to start buying more books. I, there's something really pleasant about sitting there and just reading on paper. And I know you probably heard this a million times from a million other older guys and stuff like that or whatever, but, you know, Sometimes looking at the screen and, and reading stuff on the screen, you're, my, my eyes get really tired, you know. So there really is something about a book, bringing it to a coffee shop and looking at it. And the nice thing about the Irving Penn book was it's huge, and it would take up this entire table. So I kind of knew when, like, people would, like, walk by me. They were looking over my shoulders and seeing the, seeing the pictures I was looking at, you know. So I kind of like that experience, too. It's like, what are you looking at? I mean, when you're looking at a phone, everything's very private, you know. I mean, obviously, you don't want everybody looking at what you're reading. But it's kind of nice to show off, like, hey, look, I'm reading this giant book with photographs in it, right? Wow, you know, how old are you? I, well, you know, go away. <laughs> um, let's see, how long am I talking to you for? Whoa, 45 minutes, cool, excellent. Well, uh, the last thing I want to talk about, well, anyway, it's, it's more of an announcement uh, or something's going on. I am leading a photo walk uh, for the Scott Kelby Worldwide Photo Walk on October 6th, 2018 of this year, 2018, not too far away. And uh, Kelby has been doing this uh, worldwide photo walk now for I don't know how long, uh, eight, ten years, maybe more. I can't remember. Uh, and only, well, in, in, I started getting involved with being a, a leader, you know, well after he started. But I... Um, I wanted to uh, lead walks. Um, this is kind of where I got the idea also for Switch to Manual, or at least, uh, you know, not I didn't get the idea. Tom had the idea for Switch to Manual, but I was leading walks before I met Tom. And then when we met Tom, like, we gelled because we were both sort of in the same, you know, mindset. And the photo walks, the, the Scott Kelby photo walks were also helping me with that. But I would lead them in Brooklyn, and most of the time I was leading them in uh, Red Hook, which Red Hook in Brooklyn is a... Um, 
the waterfront part of Brooklyn. And it's one of the older parts of Brooklyn and the buildings are old and um, it's really kind of a funky neighborhood in some way. Uh, although it's changing, you know, changing New York, Bernie Sabbat, but it's changing and it's getting uh, uh, actually a few years ago. I led a walk before uh, it was actually a week before Superstorm Sandy hit. And when Superstorm Sandy came in, like we had the we were there the week before and I can't remember the dates, but literally the week before. And I think everybody had a great time photographing got some really, really good shots. Uh, and it's a waterfront place. So you're right there on the harbor. You know, boats are going by. You got these old um, warehouses from the 1870s. And there's a supermarket there called Fairway, which is really good, but you can get lunch there. And there's like, it's just a mixture of stuff. There's art galleries there, there's breweries there, but there's cobblestone streets, you know, so it's really a leftover from like the old time. It's also kind of hard to get to, so it's been not a place that's been, uh, I don't say gentrifying is not the right word, but like uh, more people are moving into the neighborhood because there's just no transit there. So you have to have a car or you really have to, you know, walk a lot. It's just not easy to get to. Uh, Superstorm Sandy came by and it kind of wrecked the neighborhood. I mean, it flooded. The whole place was just different. Now, they've been rebuilding since then. And a lot of a lot of parts of New York are still rebuilding from Superstorm Sandy, which is kind of insane. Uh, Sandy was, shoot, was it 2012? Uh, I can't remember now. But, it, you know, it was, yeah, I think it was 2012, right? So people are still suffering from that storm. Uh, Red Hook is still being fixed in some places, but they're also using the opportunity to change the neighborhood. So it's shifting in terms of like when you go there, like I don't photograph there as much, even though I go shopping down there because of the supermarket. I walk around and there's like eh, the stuff is changing in such a way that it's taking away some of the some of the uh, I don't know, the quaint and it's not the right word, but the stuff that really made it photographically appealing. Um, just the, there was some weird stuff going on and like that's getting taken away. And I get the feeling it's just going to become at some point, another neighborhood in New York, which will have lost all its character. So anyway, I was uh, leading the Kelby photo walks down in Red Hook, and we had a great time. I mean, I would fill up those walks very fast. That's 50 people. And we go off and, like, have pizzas or something like that, and it was a great time. And then since then, they've been changing. I've been deciding, like, I don't know if I want to lead a walk there. And I missed a, I missed a couple of walks I think in the past couple of years, I just didn't lead them because I had other plans and stuff like that. But last year I did my, my, I started up again. I led a walk in Greenwood Cemetery uh, and, and it was a lot of fun. It wasn't a big, as big of a turnout as the Red Hook ones, but you know, we had a you know, small group of people and enthusiastic and it was nice. And then we got some good pictures. And the thing about the Kelby walks is that, you know, it's all done on one day. And everybody around the world, that's why it's called the Worldwide Photo Walk, everybody around the world, you know, 30,000 people, 20,000, 40,000, I don't know what the turnout is. They're all walking in the same day. Everybody's taking pictures and they're submitting them uh, to their their walk leader. And the walk leader is picking one picture from the group that sort of, you know, represents the group and is the best picture. And then all those pictures uh, go to um, a sort of another uh, contest level and then uh, I don't know who picks it uh, it might be a popular contest I can't remember now but uh, then all the groups get to compete against each other and then there are prizes and, and whatnot and there's a lot of uh, uh, I think charity things that are part of the World War Photo Walk as well 
But, you know, if you win the local group, you get a book or like a subscription to, I don't know if you get a subscription to uh, you know, Lightroom or, or uh, the prizes are, are modest on the, on the, on the low level, on the, on the local level, excuse me, and you get to the higher level contest, then the, the prizes, you know, cameras and, you know, shopping sprees at V&H, I don't know. Anyway, it's a long-winded way of saying October 6th, Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, uh, anybody who is in the tri-state area, uh, which means New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, uh, who wants to come, uh, it's a free walk. Uh, I, I will put a link to the uh, where you can sign up on the uh, in the show notes. I think as of today, there might be about 35 slots left. So I got about 15 people signed up, maybe roughly. So there's a lot of slots left, but uh, they this is they're actually starting to fill up faster than I was expecting. So I've also been promoting it a little bit more, but it's, like I said, it's free. Uh, we're going to walk through Greenwood cemetery. I'm going to go from one end of it to the other. Um, last year we just did a little loop, but this year I want to walk all the way through because there's some really cool stuff on the opposite side of Greenwood there. You cannot not take bad. What's how I say you can only take good pictures at Greenwood. You cannot take, Bad pictures. Anyway, you the double negative here. Uh, it is a photographic, you know, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a great place to take shots. Yes, it is a cemetery. Uh, it is one of the oldest cemeteries in the country, and there's a lot of famous people there, uh, buried there. And this is, I'm also doing not this in conjunction with Greenwood Cemetery. Uh, there's no problems with me actually running a tour through there because I'm not making any money. I'm just it's a group of friends taking pictures, you know. Uh, I I wouldn't mind Greenwood getting involved. If anybody in Greenwood is listening to this show, you know, uh, I like to be a photographer with you guys. <laughs> promote, let's promote this together. But the idea is let's get a bunch of people to walk through, take pictures, uh, hang out and have a beer or pizza afterwards, and uh, you know just have a good time. As a, so it's anyway it's Saturday October sixth. Uh, it's going to be morning until afternoon. So by the time we're done, we'll be ready for lunch. Uh, it's not first thing in the morning. I think it'd be like, I think I got 10 o'clock. I don't know. I'll look at the thing. But if there's anybody who's listening to the show who wants to come, sign up with the link. Uh, you can, or you can go to the Worldwide Photo Walk uh, webpage and just do a search for Brooklyn and Greenwood Cemetery, and you'll see the name pop up, and you can sign up there. But if you know, or if you know anybody who might go, you know, tell pass them this information. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, I like walking with a bunch of photographers talking uh, it's like this. And maybe I might put the microphone on and record <laughs> while I'm talking. I don't know if it will make a, a show or not. But, uh, you know, anyway, but that's, uh, you know, that's about a month and a half, a little less than a month and a half from now. Actually, it's about a month and a week, right? Yeah, because we're, we're at the end of, uh, yeah, so a month and a week, five weeks from now. Uh, and it's generally rain or shine. Uh, I, I don't know what, obviously, I don't know what the weather is going to be like. Um, short of a hurricane or like heavy rainfall, uh, it's happening. So like if it's drizzle or something like that, you know, we wrap up our cameras and bags, you know, I'll probably have a lot less people turn out, but you know what? In rain, you can make really good shots, especially in a cemetery, especially in the fall, you know, fall in New York, you know, this place in the fall looks really great. I don't know if the leaves will be turning in October. I mean, sometimes they're not turning that early, but, uh, anyway, it could be really, you can just, I know, you'll take really good pictures. So anyway, uh, this is not going to, you know, a lot of you are listening from Australia. Sorry, unless you're flying over and you want to come. 
But and, and if you are, geez, come come to Brooklyn and uh, come to the Greenwood Cemetery photo walk with me. So anyway, that's the show. I that was just me going on. This is the end of the summer. Let's call it the end of summer wrap up. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to get, get uh, I'm going to get Gene to come on. We're going to talk about luck in photography. Uh, definitely going to have more uh, discussions with Reed Means about color. I think that's a really good segment. I'd like to hear your feedback about it, but Reed, I think, is really good to talk to. I'm going to do more uh, segments about photography and film, like motion, moving pictures, motion picture. Uh, and mainly, I really want to talk about framing and color and stuff like that. I might leave the color to talking with Reed, but in terms of framing and, and, and styling and stuff like that, um, I don't know if I'll find someone to talk to. And if uh, if you got anybody who you would like to hear on the show, let me know, and I'll reach out to them and uh I love talking to other photographers, so you know I kind of like talking to you guys by myself as well. But I also do like uh, getting together with other photographers and, and chewing the fat, as it were, you know. So, anyway, uh, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, look, if you want to support the show, there's a bunch of ways. Uh, we have a tip uh, cup. If you want to throw us some chump, throw me some chump change. Help me. Uh, uh, we just moved. I just moved the server uh, to another place, and so. Uh, I had to re-up my uh, my use, but if you want to help me out, you can. There's a tip cup on the Podbean page, uh, so you know if you want to send me some uh, beer money, I would I wouldn't turn it down. But another way to do uh, uh, support is uh, I want to do portfolio reviews. I want to review pictures and give you feedback. So if you go to switchtomanual.com/portfolios, I believe the website is. Uh, you can find the the different uh, uh, tiers of. Uh, uh, portfolio reviews that I do and uh, you pay me some bucks I look at your pictures give you some hopefully some useful feedback and uh, you know maybe you can then take those pictures and submit them to uh, you know someplace uh, anyway but it's a great place to uh, help support me because then I'm working for my money you know if you want to help me that way um, and uh, what else the other way you can support us I keep saying us I you know what forgive me this this somehow is always going to be an us because Tom is always with me on this but uh, when you go to iTunes, uh, give the show uh, some uh, reviews and some star ratings. And, and uh, you know what? Tell your friends about us. You know, tweet, retweet when I put the show out there. Tell, you know, I want more people listening to the show. I like spreading out as much as possible. And the best way to do that is to is help me, you know, share, share the show when it comes out. Put, give us ratings and stuff like that, whatever you can do. But, you know, let's get more ears on, on, on this show. Uh, that's the best, that's one of the best ways I think you can support the show. This is something I want, I love doing. I wouldn't mind doing it for a living at some point. And, you know, I want, you know, it'd be great to have more people listening. But I think uh, I really enjoy this and, and I want other people to uh, enjoy it as well. So, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, you know, on Twitter, we're switch the number two manual. So, switch to manual. And uh, you can also hit me up at AM Rosario on Twitter. Um, you can also find me, you know, on AM Rosario everywhere else if you want to look at my personal stuff. But uh, Switch to Manual is uh, at Switch to Number Two Manual, also on Instagram. And on Instagram, follow Opie Kitten, O P I E K I T T T N. Sorry, I get to plug my cat, but they're not bad pictures. I like, I like. If you're a cat person, even if you're not a cat person, you might like the shots. But anyway, uh, what else? That's it. I will. Um, we'll we'll see you in mid September. Uh, 
you know, there's always the possibility it might come up with more than two shows a month. I don't know. Right now I'm doing two a month. I, if I could do four a month, maybe three a month. Ah, boy, that would be that'd be interesting. Uh, but I'm thinking about it. You know, we'll see how we'll see how stuff goes. Uh, anyway, I hope you had a great summer uh, and uh, looking forward to uh, hanging out with you guys in the fall. And then until then, I'll say see you later and adios.